Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm Pagliacci. Good joke. Everybody laugh. Roll on snare drum. Curtains. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> this week, we're talking about Iron Man. Yeah, we're back. Happy ah. New Year. Quit messing with the mic. Happy New Year, everybody. Tyler's messing with the mic. Yes. It's Nothing fine. has changed. Nothing's changed at all. Here, I'm going I'm to adjust it slightly. I'm so sorry, everyone. Just to make sure you get get on it. Yeah. I'm really tempted to go in and like put in like an explosion at the moment when you touch that right there. That's like, fair. Just in the, in the podcast and just be like... Okay. <laughs> so I'm so sorry, everybody. We're just moving... So, so we're starting with the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. We're only doing Phase 1 for now. Theoretically. Theoretically. Similar to how we just did the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. We didn't do all of them. Yeah. Just because... Not quite the same situation, but yeah. So, Although, we did do all the Batman movies. So, at once. But there's also not like 20 of them. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot, but there's yeah. not that. We'll have to see, because I do think we... Sh- I, do, I would really like to knock them all out before Infinity War, if possible. So. I think we'd have to like do it nonstop. I don't think. I don't think. I don't, how many are there? There's like twenty. Already. Yes. That no, it ain't here. happening. It ain't happening. All right, continue with your descriptions. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so Iron Man, we're just gonna start from the bottom. Uh, directed by John Favreau from 2008, it has a 94% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, which, as far as I can tell is the highest of any of the MCU movies mm-hmm. and a 91% audience score. Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about Iron Man Uno? Um, Specifically, the the game Uno, but it's got an Iron Man brand on it. <laughs> the green one is Pepper. I believe it. <laughs> no, uh, so I think... I kind of want to go with Robert Downey's, Downey Jr.'s performance as my best thing. Because, I don't know, it all a lot of the, the strengths of this movie do work together very, very well. I think it's very much the, the, the case where everything on its own is very solid, and when you put it all together, it works perfectly, except for some stuff that we'll talk about later. But for the most part, the actual feel of the movie is amazing, and his performance is just spot on like he he's so i don't know he's exactly what they're looking for as far as the how snappy and like witty and i don't know i i know people like to um make fun of the marvel formula and oh they use the the they're cracking the jokes all the time and the quips it's quippiness that's all it is oh, you mean but, the marvel formula that allows each one to reach a billion dollars yeah like i mean i and we'll talk about this as we go along because there is a lot to discuss as far as this franchise and the way a lot of people have begun sorry, to turn against sorry. it. We're, we're going to keep adjusting a little bit because I'm a little paranoid about this. I just <laughs> wanna... Well, we've had some issues in the past where, this where it's not... We need multiple mics. That's the issue. But we, we've had it angled certain ways and then it doesn't pick everyone yeah, up e- in equal amounts and it's just um, kind of annoying. Yeah. Okay. So, continue. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. No, he, he really is... <sighs> Again, I get the, the the quips argument or whatever. It's like because that's an easy thing to point out and be like, oh well, there's too much, they're too funny. They 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 spend too much time with that. I this movie does not feel like that at all. This movie nails its tone of like. Well, also you need to remember we didn't have all those movies sure, going into sure. this, so this automatically just feels fresh without yeah. any. Yeah, of that but baggage. people like to point back to it and be like, oh, that's the Marvel formula. That's the origin yeah. movie that you know. I don't know. I I don't know that anyone's ever done an origin movie this good. Um. That's what I was thinking about. I was, I was, I was considering if this is the best superhero origin film. I mean, it's not. Like, I, I it's Batman Begins. I think there's an argument there, though. I, I don't, I, I don't think know, it's clear. No, it's cut. just funny. Like we, we, we were having the discussion earlier, and Batman Begins didn't even spring to my mind. Like that just entered yeah. my brain. Yeah. I, well, because it's very easy to, to. Batman Begins is better than this. You think so? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree, and I, I think I probably that am one has end up so much this. more going on just on a thematic level. Sure, and I think I'm gonna end up giving this. I, what did I get Batman Begins? I don't remember. Um, we're, we, we're already looking at the score sheet. <laughs> I think we both went a minus. Yes. yes okay, so I'll probably end up giving this a lower score, if not 
by much. Yes. That, no, but that's. I'm not trying I to think disparage there's an this movie. Be, I, I think I there's an argument it. to be made there, though, that as far as what you're looking for, at least, Norge movie. Because this is this is very much more of a standard... It, it's, it, it is really an improvement on the Spider-Man um, formula. That was the, the sort of structure of the of Spider-Man 1, although it still hasn't perfected that, maybe, and I don't know that anyone has. Yeah. Well, it's because once once you get past the origin, getting a villain to enter yes. in and then having the third act feel natural with the rest of the movie, yes. that's always the tricky part. Which is done... I mean, I, there's never really a moment where you feel like, oh, where they have no idea where they're going with this. Like, you always feel like you've got the momentum, the, the plot has momentum and that you're, you're moving forward and you're reaching a, a certain point. Yeah. But that is still an, an, a bit of an issue, and we'll talk about that. Um, I actually, I mean, I, I might say more in general just... Because I think this plays more into that, into why it works so well as an origin story, is the way that the movie tries... And, and successfully try so hard to make sure that you feel like you are part of or this movie is part of your everyday life there's just so many I mean there's a lot of like branding and stuff that doesn't really feel like product placement it feels like this is to say that oh hey this is a, a, a this is the world you live in only something has changed and and now science is farther farther advanced I mean the way he's building even the way he's building the arc reactor in the cave is very much like he's building it out of little parts and pieces and it looks terrible and it's 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 like you know he, he's barely stringing this together that sort of thing i mean it's it's funny when, when you think of just just comparison i because that this is the most natural thing to compare it to with the dc movies uh -huh. like you look at man of steel and they're saying oh we need to go like what if superman was in the real world and, yeah. and it's trying to feel super grounded and stuff to a fault yeah this movie is surprisingly grounded. Yes. Considering it's about a guy who makes a, a flying metal death machine. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like... Because, like, thinking about Man of Steel, um, and this is... <laughs> Which is... It's the most natural thing to compare it to because it's supposed to be this is the thing that the, this universe starts yes. with. Yes. And the, it is very much supposed to be, oh, this is this hero, but if they were in the wor real world... Yeah. Which is, is sort of almost not a thing Marvel movie creators have to deal with because the Marvel comics have always sort of approached this stance of oh this is the real world this is what superheroes would be like in the real world yeah so that's a little more laid out for them um, not, not so much maybe with Guardians of the Galaxy and once we get to some of the more cosmic stuff but for the most part that is what the approach is so I mean that does make it easier for them to do that well plus just automatically starting it more grounded allows the audience an access point like yeah. it's easier for them to get involved in what's going yeah. on and that way when you start to expand it when you start to introduce thor and the asgardians yeah. and all that stuff it, it like you have more wiggle room because the audience is just more accepting of this universe yeah. they're willing yeah. to to play along yeah i guess and so i'd say that's probably overall my best thing is that this movie says, does such a great job of making you feel like this is something that's just happening and like they it's very contemporary um lots there's lots of like media involvement where they're talking about different media different reporters from different newspapers and stuff that are famous newspapers or famous magazines whichever um it's all it's all tied in very well and i appreciate that a lot and i think that goes a long way in kind of uniting the fact that this is in a lot of ways sort of a pretty dark movie um in a couple of aspects but also is a pretty funny movie yeah and it i think combining those into sort of a real world tale makes it a lot easier to to swallow because it doesn't really feel like tone shift so much as it feels like yep that's that's kind of how the world works yeah as opposed to man of steel where it's a little more like the world is dreary can, can and get terrible a, can and, we get a joke in here yeah like Just no like... one ever says anything funny but that's how that's not how the world works continue okay <laughs> <laughs> i know what your worst thing is and i don't want to steal it so i'm not i'm trying to i mean you can steal it i we, we can double up i don't really care but you're, I, I feel like your worst thing isn't even my worst thing necessarily well like I, or at least thing? I don't hate it as much but that's the thing is i don't really come come back to me on this because I, I really on. don't know like we always take like half an hour before we start this where we're just sitting <laughs> around and we're supposed to be thinking up stuff and we come up with my phrase at the beginning yep and then 
Often we just wing it. <laughs> I guess this Leroy is... Jenkins. <laughs> Whatever. My my best thing is Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. Okay. Um. And it's it's just amazing because, as much as I said, like making this more grounded helps the audience. Like, it, it's easier for them to accept a lot of yes. what happens. It's a very risky proposition when your main character and your introduction to this universe, he's a complete jerk. Yeah. And in theory, he's supposed to be like the most unlikable person. Yeah. But it's just all because of Robert Downey Jr.'s charms that yes. we we immediately just care well, about this guy. It's not necessarily even charms or charisma as it is the fact that we can see through kind of the, the what he's putting up to where like he is definitely a jerk and he's not... He, 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 he tends to, to not really care about people too deeply. Yeah. But there is still an element of heart that he has to it. Um, He's just very careless. Yes. And and, and he overlooks things yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, he's very disconnected almost. Yeah. And so you you don't necessarily feel like he's complete. It's, it's a very nuanced performance. You don't necessarily feel like he's just this complete monster. Like, he, he it would be very easy to play this up so that at the beginning he almost feels like your typical evil businessman yeah. who just gets like killed off by the main villain probably at some point yeah um but instead no he does he does a great job of, of making it and it goes a long way also to have like at the beginning the soldiers really like him yeah and like the fact that people do like him it's not just necessarily um him being like and he's trying to lighten the mood he's not just being like a complete jerk to them he's yeah. just trying to be funny and amusing yeah. for them yeah and uh yeah, and, and I think that that strengthens the Pepper relationship a lot too. My one of my favorite moments in the movie is is kind of their first scene together, mm -hmm. where he's like working on the car, and she shows up, and she's like, "You need to be on the plane." He's like, "I thought it was, you know, it's it's my private plane. You'd think it would just leave whenever I wanted." And and the part where she goes, or when, when they're talking about, "Oh, it's it's her birthday." Yeah, it's the same time as last year. Yeah. And then she says, "Oh, I got a very nice gift from you," mm -hmm. and he. Of course, he was careless and he didn't think to get her a present, but he seems like genuinely interested in like, yeah. Oh, did did you like your present that yeah. you got yourself? Yeah. Like, well, and, and then making sure that she does actually like get herself something, or yeah. like he he want he he would never want to actually like. He's not get her he's her emotionally thing. invested, but he's just very careless because he just overlooks so much yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because it feels like his brain is just going a million miles an hour because yeah. he's constantly just thinking about things yeah. that he wants to mess yeah. with or, or getting with. distracted by random like temptations or whatever and stuff yeah. like that. Like, pretty girls are pretty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Robert Downey Jr. And and the best part is whenever John Favreau talks about the movie, he says uh, he's kind of humble about it too. He's like J the main thing people like the main thing I did was just get him hired mm -hmm. because at this point he was still kind of a risky prospect. He'd done a couple of movies since his stint in rehab and all of his, his previous yep. addiction problems. Um, everyone go watch Zodiac. Great movie. Him, Mark Ruffalo, and Jake Gyllenhaal. David Fincher, fantastic movie. Came out the year before this. Huh. Fantastic. Okay. Um, he's not even in that much of the movie, but every time he's in it, he's a scene stealer. Uh, but just all the charisma he brings. And I'm not sure how much of it is on the page and how much of it is just yeah. him. Like, I'm curious, because it's my understanding that the Iron Man from the comics isn't nearly this, like, witty and, like, yeah, joking. I, so, this is just me personally, and I, I'm sure there are people who, who are just completely in love with the Iron Man character from the comics as they were, and yeah. I get that. Um, like, that's, you know, it, it, it all depends on, on kind of how you read it and what you take out of it, but I've always found his, his persona a little boring. Um, that's that's what I assume. I assumed it was similar to Blade because Wesley Snipes' Blade is nothing like the Blade in the comics beforehand, and they kind of made huge altercations yeah. after the movie came yeah. out because they realized, oh, people like this version. Yeah, I figured that was kind of a similar situation, maybe not quite as extreme, but a similar it is, situation. It to is, Iron Man. and I think some people have complained about that in the comics. They're like, oh, now they 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 do too much of the Tony Stark from the movie, and I get that. Well, you can argue, and I do that think that that the 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 comics version and probably the complaint against that is that the comics version is generally more genuine than that yeah um although they do a good job of, of taking getting him to that point okay. for the most part in this movie i'm saying so yeah like, um 
I don't know. It's not it's not completely different enough that you wouldn't the thing is the the big thing is that they've still got like kind of the facial hair and the, and the way he looks, like just the way Robert Downey Jr. looks, yeah, is enough to to be matched with the iconography of Iron Man and the way Iron Man's supposed to look, like well, Tony plus, Stark is. Well, plus they just keep the general character arc of like, yeah, yeah, he's a war profiteer, he's kind of a jerk, yeah. but then he goes through this very harrowing yeah. experience where he realizes he's I mean, made all the wrong mistakes and he wants to make up for that. Yeah. And I love how they follow through in this universe where it's constantly, he keeps having to make up for the mistakes of his past and he's constantly yep. having to clean up. That's a that's a consistent uh, Achilles heel of this character and I, I really and, like that they, they respect that. Yeah. And he's constantly kind of like updating things and trying to prevent against the future. While... Yeah, he's a futurist. Yeah, um, definitely. I'm, I, I'm really curious, so this is... Um, this is it's gonna date the podcast as we tend to say pretty much every episode something that dates the podcast um, most of the time it's me and I'm the one that, that <laughs> hates it more um, but I, Disney does theoretically own it, or theoretically will be able to make a Fantastic Four movie I should say they don't necessarily own the rights because there's something weird about the Fantastic Four rights but theoretically the MCU should be able to make Fantastic Four movies at some point in the near future and this character very very much fits in with Reed Richards yeah. as the, the comics character and so I'm really curious to see if they'll bring him in, like, soon enough for him to interact with Tony Stark, for one thing, um, depending on what happens in Infinity War. Yeah. But also just, like, carrying on the same kind of persona and the, and the same sort of perception of how a smart character in this universe operates. Yeah. Because it is, it is very much the same way that a smart character in the Marvel Comics universe operates, so... Yeah. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is my, my favorite. Yeah. Um, which is funny because Iron Man is not my favorite MCU character overall. Yeah. But just like I, I recognize he is the core of this universe. This universe yeah. kind of revolves around him. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, that's true. Like a lot of people complain that he's in like Iron Man's just too overexposed, especially in the movies, and I don't I don't really have that problem because without him we wouldn't have this universe to begin with, so yeah. uh, my worst thing is just the third act in general I guess because mm -hmm. it just feels very weak and cookie cutter and Obadiah Stane just becomes a two dimensional bad guy spouting off really bad <laughs> boss battle dialogue and it's just, it kind of just devolves into action schlock at the very sure. end it's fun action schlock yeah. but it's it's forgivable it's forgivable especially because the rest of the movie has been so strong it, it kind of earns, and it's, it's it, nothing, it almost earns it it's not going against anything that Tony Stark has learned like he's no it's, it's and just, it, it doesn't contradict previous plot points it doesn't ruin the characters yeah. it's more just Obadiah Stane becomes much less interesting yeah um, and to be fair it's more um, Jeff Bridges performance more so than the character just because Jeff Bridges is an amazing actor so yeah uh, I kind I kind of wish they had found a way to keep him around, sure, because I think he would have been a good villain to keep coming back to torture Tony. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, I think my worst thing is probably the lack of explanation we have about Obadiah Stane. Uh, I guess just any sort of exposition as far as his motivations in yeah, that last act and, and what he's been just because not even necessarily the last act but last act but just in general because a lot of times when you get sort of a twist where a, a character like this ends up becoming evil yeah. becoming the villain or whatever the antagonist at least it, it doesn't really or that usually there is something to set up that happening and even watching this movie again it still kind of takes you by surprise when he turns tur like as far as the moment that he does turn it's just like oh now he's evil okay I don't know um well I, I I really just can't stand most of his dialogue at the end that's fine I mean I like that's fine that you I I, I get that yeah like you know, he he says something like I've always been holding you up and he picks Iron Man up and just throws him <laughs> on the ground I'm like this is Saturday morning cartoon come on we're better than that are we the dialogue for this movie's been so sharp yeah, and that's and on point um Tony Stark See, built this in a cave with a box of scraps. I get that. It doesn't bother me nearly as much as just the general fact that we don't really get anything in terms of him 
Like, there's no setup where we kind of see... I mean, we see it... So, watching it again, knowing he's the, he's the antagonist or whatever, you do get... You get the scene where he's trying to, like, push Stark to give him some technology. Yeah. Some of the... Like, the Arc Reactor technology or any of the stuff he's working on in secret. Right. Um, but there's really not a lot to, to tip you off that he's gonna turn and they just sort of go back and they put in they're like oh hey you're um the what, what's the or like oh hey I, I sent the hit out to get you killed or whatever yeah. or you know stuff like that it's it's I don't know a little problematic mostly it's just very just cause well mostly just cause the, the, the idea behind it Tony Stark getting killed by Obadiah Stane, at that point you it becomes much less nuanced and much more like oh he literally just wants he, to make he, a power grab yeah, to he, like he's just a greedy businessman yeah there's nothing yeah because else to because it. before that point it was like oh he's trying to like get like he because he mentions he says to Tony he's like oh I'm trying to get you locked out of the the board because for you're your make, own good because, because you're, you're making, making terrible, terrible decisions yeah. for the company yeah yeah and and then at that point you realize oh no he's always been just <laughs> it's like a it's not dude. a terrorist snuck in and not really snuck in he he went to the stock exchange with tony's fingerprints to make terrible bets on the futures exchange correct <laughs> so that's what we're I, saying. I still like that movie i know i still like it <laughs> not quite sure i'm, I'm I a, still I'm like a, it I'm not, I'm not quite sure i'm at love anymore i still like it <laughs> um so but yeah so I'm tr I'm just trying to think it through. I'm trying to follow Obadiah's decisions. Yeah. Because okay, so so he goes to the desert. He meets with with the the Ten Rings guy. Mm -hmm. By the way, I think that's one of just looking at the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general. I think that is one of the points where they've dropped the ball the most is just the Ten Rings yeah. in general. I agree. And not just because oh, dumb Mandarin twist in Iron Man three. It's also because they state that he's the leader of the Ten Rings in Iron Man three, and Tony never says anything about it. He's never like, oh, that's the terrorist group that kidnapped me. That's mm -hmm. weird. D nothing. Huh. I'll have to rewatch Iron Man three because I haven't seen that in a while. I mean, there, obviously, there's we're going a couple to, of places where they show like logos in his propaganda videos, and it's the Ten Rings logo that we no. see in this one. So, and okay. apparently, there was supposed to be a cameo from Ten Rings guy in Iron Man two with. Sure. Uh, whiplash, but yeah, yeah they're kind of just a nebulous terrorist group that doesn't really end up getting yeah. involved in anything. So. Which is fine because ultimately they're not the big bads at the end of this movie, yeah. so it's it's more forgivable. Yeah. yeah. So he goes to the desert. He kills all the terrorists. He takes the the base prototype. Iron Man suit, the prototype. He goes and he gets uh, little Ralphie from Christmas Story to yes. try and build it. He can't build. He he can build the suit, but he can't figure out how to yeah. make the arc reactor miniaturized. Right. Obadiah yells at him. Uh, Tony Stark built yes. this in a cave. As we've discussed. I, that, that, <laughs> I don't know why that is such a funny moment. I mean, a lot of people is. love it. Like, and it's, and it's Ralphie great, just like... goes, "I'm sorry, I'm not Tony Stark." Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then Obadiah goes and he uses the paralyzer thing on Tony. He pulls the arc reactor out of his chest. He's like, haha, I fooled you. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, no, no. We got to rewind here because Pepper goes. Yes. Why does she go to those computers? Yeah, that's what I was. There's not really an explanation of. There's not really a point where Tony tells her to take. You, it's, I guess. No, no. He, he or gives, does he say? He gives her a flash drive and he tells her to go get files from. Yeah. The thing. But I'm not... I guess the flash drive does it all? I don't know. No, but I'm not sure what she's supposed to be grabbing. I don't remember. Because she finds... She ends up finding the terrorist video. Yeah. I don't remember. That, that is, was... is Tony just trying to figure out how far along he is? Is that all that's happening there? Or, like... I don't know. Because there, there's, there's the blueprints for, like, the missiles. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like there's something that we're missing there, but I'm, I'm not sure. That whole scene's just weird because... It's a, it's a weird cut. Be, well, well, just because, like, she puts up the screensaver right as Obadiah yes. walks in, and then he could just, like, wave the mouse and get well, it to show up. Because it's just like, oh, what did he think she was doing? Yeah. Um, at that point. And then... It's a terrifying scene. Yeah. Oh, he's creepy. Like, he just turns on a dime, because for the most part, Obadiah's been fairly charming yeah. throughout the movie, because Jeff Bridges is charming. Yeah. And then on a dime, he just turns into, like, super creepy. Yeah. And then, and then Phil Coulson's just outside, and, and 
<laughs> she's just like, okay, we're gonna have that meeting right yeah. now. Let's yeah. go. I'm gonna give you the meeting of your life. Yeah. But but then as she's walking out, then he turns yeah. off the screensaver on the computer, Which, and then he's like, oh no, she got the thing. Well, you can tell that he he in in the scene it's pretty clear that he he's totally on to her, and then he doesn't, but he doesn't actually look until after she's left like because he he goes and he slams the newspaper down and he, he checks the screen like immediately you can tell that he's like he knows something's up but i guess we're supposed to to infer that he doesn't he just he's he's he doesn't want to blow his cover in case she is actually um just there for know. what it's weird yeah it's yeah. it's good enough <laughs> it's yeah. fine uh, and that's definitely the moment in the movie i think where things kind of get shaky through up through until the end of the final battle because then he he steals the, the arc reactor from tony and he goes and puts it in the suit and then he just uses the suit to start trying to kill shield agents and pepper so i guess the idea my, my thinking is that the idea is that he steals this the, the the reactor from tony because he knows that tony he knows that everyone knows I guess like I guess his, he knows his cover has been blown basically so he he can't wait on the arc reactor anymore so he steals it that's true because right as he's getting paralyzed Pepper is calling Tony to let him know that she's yes. on to Obadiah yes okay yeah and so and so he he's like okay she she got the file she knows about the video or whatever so I gotta I gotta go and, and I guess he's trying to steal it just so he can make like a last stand sort of thing and then maybe escape I want to say, because I'm, I'm just trying to remember. This is just one specific plot point that I can't mm -hmm. remember. I think it, it it is Tony thinks that Obadiah is up to something, and he just sends Pepper to go okay. find out what it is. Okay. Be because this is after he's like, I filed the injunction on you. Yeah. So for your yeah. own good. I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. And then, yeah, Obadiah just turns into a... Uh, Bat, big boss from from a a video game, and then he just starts trying to kill everyone. Yep, it's just kind of dumb. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, I I this this viewing, I I felt the the momentum of the film drop significantly enough for me once it reached the third act. I agree. Not not that much for me. No, it's it, like I said, it's still fun. The action scene itself is is fairly enjoyable. Yeah. And if you just compare it to it, two robots fighting each other, it's better than most of the Transformers fights. Yep. <laughs> and the special effects haven't even aged no. that. No, great. they're great. No, I mean, I, I'm saying I don't think they've aged that well. Oh, I I really enjoy them. I mean, they're not perfect, but I th I think overall they're fine. Well, I think overall because this movie is very smart, and I guess John Favreau is very smart about making sure that effects still have weight so yeah. if something cgi it's still very much the sound design the sound design in this movie is excellent oh yeah um the general Just... way that that cgi like the suit objects like the suit interact with the ground and with like all of that combines really well so that you still very much get the effect and you don't really have a suspension of disbelief broken if you see something that doesn't look perfect like if, you, if the effects aren't like yeah you know modern day do you think the movie's totally off? Not that's, really. That's a thing a lot of people complain about. They're that's like, kind of what I was talking opening, about earlier. The opening bit where he's in the cave is just so dark, and the rest of the movie's fairly light compared to that. I really disagree. I, well, I agree that that it's they're two different tones, but people act like that's that's some groundbreaking thing that they've just discovered that nobody else has figured out. That's that's the point. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Well, that's the reason that the beginning of the movie is literally we establish the character and then we show the character getting blown up. Yeah. And, and then, then, and they show then the we go back getting... and then we kind yeah. of spend some more time with Tony because they don't want there to be... Like, that's the that's how they avoid that sort of that sort of jarring um, cut is that they don't spend some time with Tony just living his life and then sort of bring us into this random dark moment. Yeah. It's like, we're starting off with the, by establishing this is a movie that... You know, has it stars a main character who is pretty clever. He's pretty creative. He's, he's humorous. Um, he's charming. You know, he's he's a he's a, a millionaire playboy kind of, kind of dude or whatever. But then he immediately gets thrust into a, a terrible situation, and he has to, to to work his way out of it. And then we we sort of come back around and get more establishing on kind of his background. But that still that still sets the tone for the movie right away. And so that it never really bothers me after that because 
like even throughout the rest of the movie i mean there's there's the point where i mean he by no fault of his own he's trying to save a pilot from from killing getting killed i mean it's kind of his fault sure but i'm saying like that like they they're the pilots get told to go back to base but then the other pilot like on their own the pilots are like oh my gosh there's a guy on your your body you gotta spin him off whatever yeah um and then but i mean the whole like all the stuff where he goes back to the middle east and and like destroys the terrorists in gomera gomera or whatever it is um that's pretty that's pretty brutal I don't think we're necessarily supposed to be completely like, oh yeah, that's awesome. We're supposed to be like, oh, I care snap. more about that family that almost gets killed in that one scene, and they're in like thirty seconds of that scene than I did that that Russian family in Justice League, and they're in it for like forty five minutes of that movie. <laughs> I don't think it's forty five minutes. It's not that much, but they get I feel like it's nearly forty. But they get several scenes dedicated to them just being there. Yep. Um and it's just so bizarre how like in a single scene you can get you can make me care about this family well because it's it's about it's it's a good quick way of symbolizing the the types of people that tony stark now wants to protect yeah and to make sure that they're protected and and like all the stuff with him blow, and then immediately he, he like blows up the weapon like i feel like all that stuff is a pretty dark undertone for this movie i mean the the, the terrorism plots in the middle east and, and the weapons profiteering i mean that's that's not like light superhero fare. I, d- I don't really get the idea that there's a tonal it's, difference. There. It's not Spider Man yeah. where with a black suit going emo just dancing <laughs> down the street like an idiot, you know. And that's supposed to be the dark one. <laughs> yep. Well, it's 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 black. It's dark. It is literally darker than the suits in the other two movies. write a whole thesis on this <laughs> just explaining how colors work yeah god um it's the dark knight you get it because he's wearing all black you get it's it been under our nose this whole time <laughs> but no man, I, man of steel doesn't make any sense he's not <laughs> it's not steel what are you that's not a man <laughs> yeah no I, I i don't i don't really see a whole lot of tonal issues with this how are you doing, I don't know. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, all the, the the tonal shifts in this movie are all intentional. You like you can argue, oh that bothers me how it just kind of like it's not consistent, but it is consistent because that's again it again ties back into the fact that this is very much supposed to be what would what this would happen like in the real world. I mean the only the only real difference so far is that the the science has evolved because i guess we find out later that that's because of the cosmic cube for whichever yeah but like it's really just oh this is like it's our world it's just uh, tony stark's really smart and like there have been smart people that have like advanced it farther than our current world is that i, I don't want to talk too much about it right now but it's, i just find it interesting how grounded most of the modern day marvel movies are yeah but then you go back to Captain America First Avenger and that's Is that what we discuss next? No, that's in, in Hulk next. And then No, no, that's that's uh three movies down? Okay. Cuz that's the last one before Avengers. Is it really? Oh yeah. right, cuz that ties right back into yeah. it. Yeah, okay. But that one it's a very idealized version of the 40s and, I, and that yes. that bothers me very much. Uh-huh. Especially because we're supposed like this one we're dealing with Middle Eastern terrorists. Yep. Like it's 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 very it's speaking to the modern day and yes. what's going on. Yes. But then, and how a superhero would interact in that environment. Yeah. But then in First Avenger to just be like goofy forties <laughs> nonsense where we're fighting not Nazis. Yep. I have problems. I like that movie, but I have problems with it. We will discuss them. Yeah. Um Overall what what do you think of the special effects? I think they still hold up pretty well. I think the most noticeable parts for me were the giant crane-like machines that descend down and like put the suit on him because there's just wide yeah. shots that circle him and there's just a lot going on and it's just yeah it's very CG heavy. Definitely gives me some Transformers 1 and 2 vibes. Yeah, specifically 2. Um because 2 is the worst. Yes. I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> as bad as some of the effects in those. But yeah. of course, there are a lot more effects, and there are a lot more expensive effects in those. Well, it's it's more just um, that's super creative. 
Yeah. It's not just a robot headbutting another robot Correct. or some but that's, stupid uh, and, and again they still it's it's very much like and it's very the, cool to watch well, the, again, the, the rest again, of the Marvel the, movies and yeah. Iron Man's progression into how efficiently he's able to put on yes. Iron um, Man armor well that's kind of because the thing that makes you really notice that that really drives that home in this movie going back and rewatching it is, is again it's, it's the sound design it's the way everything looks like it's actually a piece that's being put on there even if your brain can tell you hey that's not real look at it yeah um well, you just... still you still feel like it's like yeah the, the the overall sensation is still very does not really take you out of the movie i love the sound effects of the suit when he's just moving around yeah like you hear the metal clanking as he's walking and you hear the little pieces like whirring and stuff yeah. it's it's very well done yeah it's it's a very heavy suit, and you can you can feel that. Yeah, the movie makes sure you feel it. Well, and like you were saying, John Favreau, like he makes it feel real. Yeah. It feels like it's there. Like the movements of the suit itself, it's not like super efficient. It's it's kind yeah. of bulky and cumbersome and, yeah. and lumbering. Yeah, it's nice. It is very nice. The Ironmonger suit is awesome. Like it's 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 extremely cool. And, it, yeah. and watching him walk around and stuff like that. I mean, it's. it's... And I guess this is something we'll have to get into because this is another complaint that's co sort of cropped up about a lot of the Marvel villains. How uh -huh. it's just they're f the hero is fighting an evil version of themselves. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, he's got an evil Iron Man suit. Yeah. Oh, Captain America's just fighting an evil super soldier. That type of thing, I guess. Yeah. What is he fight? Is Red Skull supposed to be an evil super soldier? I was thinking uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, but I guess, but that's you could also probably not, argue both of them. But that's also not really the same. Thi I don't know. I think as we track Ant Man's that, fighting an evil Ant Man. Ant Man. Ant Man is fair. That that's valid, I guess. Doctor Strange is fighting an evil magician, or are they called magicians? I don't even know. I don't remember. <laughs> well, again, we'll we'll have to kind of touch on that when we get. Spider Man's there. fighting. Oh wait, that's not Venom. <laughs> This is the vulture. <laughs> well, clearly this is untrue because the most important cinematic universe movie, MCU movie, Thor: The Dark World, he's actually fighting a dark elf, which is just completely different from an Asgardian. That's like, so, boom, goes the dynamite. Checkmate, DCist. <laughs> <laughs> um, ain't ain't not one of these villains got anything on Steppenwolf? Oh, <laughs> or. Doomsday, well, I do wanna, I do or just... the Enchantress, God, uh, or I... Ares, or Sinestro. <laughs> Sorry, Parallax. Actually, Sinestro was the setup. Anyway, <laughs> no, I do. I do. They're wanna, all jokes. <laughs> I do want to go through real quick because, j j like, just a brief overview here, and then we can talk about it more as we get there. Because, like, this movie, obviously, that's the case, and. Incredible Hulk, that's the case. Yes, very much so. Thor... He's fighting Loki at the very end, so I guess. Kind that's, of... But that's not really... Like, it's not like a... Also, a he half... fights the Destroyer armor, so... Yeah, but again, that's there's nothing really where it's like, oh, this is an evil version of... I mean, I guess Loki's an evil version of Thor, but also not really. So, I don't know. Um, Captain America, kind of, because Red Skull is a super soldier to a certain degree. I guess. Um... Avengers, no, not they're fighting <laughs> they're a aliens. whole army of aliens. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man two, not really, is it? You could argue Iron Man two because he, at the end he does Whiplash that. has a giant Iron Man suit and it's dumb. Yeah, um, I like Iron Man two, but that it also <laughs> has major third act issues. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna bring it up so we don't miss any. Let's go down the list here. Um, <laughs> Iron Man three, not really. No, it, it, that's more. I, I I almost see um, what's his face? It's not the Mandarin. It's uh, Aldrich Killian. Yes. What a memorable character! Correct. I almost see him fitting in like the X Men movies more yeah. so because like he almost has like mutant powers. Yeah. Um, not really an Iron Man, and that's those movies or X Men as a franchise, as a comic book franchise, and everything generally is a lot more about like the political, the, yeah. the fear mongers, and that sort of thing. So. Um, but not the Iron Mongers. Thor: right? The Dark World, not, absolutely not. But not the Iron Mongers, though, right? Correct. Correct. I can't believe I had to say that twice. Um, Winter Soldier, 
Kind of. Yes, but not... He like, it's such Bu- a different... Like... He fights Bucky at the end of the movie. It's a completely different context, but he is fighting yes. an evil super soldier. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, no. No, because Ronan's just an evil alien. Yeah. Age of Ultron, no. I guess, I guess it's an evil version of Tony Stark. Is it an evil version of Vision? <laughs> or... Yeah, Ant-Man, sure. That's, yes. that's, that's completely valid. Civil War... No, not no, in the slightest. No, Doctor Strange. I I get yes. that. I get that. The ending is kind of. I mean, but yeah, I I follow that. Guardians of Galaxy two. No. Oh, well, uh, Peter's fighting his father. They're pretty much like equally powered. I guess they're both like god level beings. Yeah. Eh. Spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Sure. Um, Homecoming. No. Right. Thor Ragnarok. That kind of Hella's that I buy that more than Loki. Yeah. That feels a lot more like, oh that's an evil version of Thor than that's an evil version of, of Loki. I wanna watch Thor Ragnarok again. I do too. I think I've only seen that once and it was it's quite good. Um And that's all of them. So we had what, like four Well Black Panther looks like a, oh, True God, Black we're Panther. Date, we're dating the podcast more. Oh no. Whatever will we do. But yeah, it, it's oh, he's in a purple based black panther suit and the other guy and and uh creed little creed is in is in the the gold black panther suit it looks like yeah um i mean i guess i get that in the sense of like a lot of the origin movies do use that whether it's iron man or incredible hulk or i mean i I think i think it's really just those two ant-man doctor strange and then it looks like black panther is going to do the same thing i don't know i do and for one, I don't. I mean, I think that's that's a fine way of showing of having establishing a character, and also that's kind of not so much Ant Man necessarily, but a lot of the time, at least with the others, those are established characters that they're fighting. Um, so it's more about being true to the comics. Although, I don't know. I get it, but I also don't. I, I get it in the sense of, hey, there's a common thing that they use a lot. I don't really get it in a sense of why it's that big of a deal or why it's a problem. And I think we're going to see that a lot throughout these movies, that just because they have a consistent tone or a consistent feature, consistent, like, structure or anything like that, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, like, anything on one, the quality. One, it's like poetry, it rhymes. Sure. Two, all I can think of is james cameron's little promotional video for seeing terminator genesis where he's like i'm i I walked into a dark dark theater i sat down and i began to see things i recognized (laughs) that's all i got that's all i'm adding to this conversation really that 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 summarizes Discourse about movies on the internet in general, good or bad. Like, I went, either I went way, into a dark theater, I either, sat down, and I began to see things I recognized. Either it's a thing you recognize and you didn't like the way it was, or it's a thing you recognize and you like the way it was, and that's pretty much how it goes. Looking at you, Star Wars fan base. That's, yeah, yeah. Um, Can we all agree? We're gonna have to do Last Jedi at some point. Can we all not just agree it's just a fun space opera and we shouldn't be taking it that seriously? <laughs> can I do that? Can Can I be the one to say that? Should we try it? Should we try as much as I bash the prequels? Can I be the one that says maybe we shouldn't be taking this <laughs> too seriously? <laughs> no, hold up a minute. Uh, should, should we Should we withhold our opinions on the last? Yeah, let, until we get there. Do, let's do that. All right. Um. But yeah, it's anyway. All right, man. For I don't really. I mean, he's because. I get it. It's a guy in an evil Iron Man suit. And so that draws comparisons to, oh, it's a really simplified way of showing the villain, I guess. But Obadiah is not really an evil version of Tony Stark. I mean, I guess he's a millionaire. But, like, we we don't get nearly enough information about Obadiah for him to be an evil version of anybody. And he's also, just Obadiah. Well, well, also, we don't think of Tony really as a corporate business guy. Like, he yes. doesn't really do much of that yeah he's, he's, more he's just, never really involved he's, he's more just an inventor who's who's in charge of the company just because yeah. his name's in the title yeah i you know i don't know i i feel like a lot of the marvel formula quote-unquote criticisms make general sense on the surface because you can point to a thing and be like look look at all these things that are the same but 
when you actually break it down, it's it's really not that big of a deal. And we'll see. I'm sure there will be some movies where we get to and we're just like, yeah, that was kind of boring. It was just a chore. And, yeah. And, you know, it's I, I'm sure. And we'll talk about that when we get there. But for the most part, I think they do an excellent job of keeping these mixed up. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's amazing that this movie turned out as well as it did. Yeah. This is one of those cases where they really had like a bare bones script. Yep. But I remember, like, I watched the special features a long time ago, and they still like when they started production, they weren't sure who the villain was going to be. Yeah. Like they they originally had Crimson Dynamo as sure. the villain, and it just kind of shifted around, and somehow it turns out to be a very competent movie. Yeah. So automatically gets brownie points for me for that. Similar to Alien 3. Sure. Except you actually like this movie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, just, I just think that's very interesting how, how the first, the centerpiece of this universe, the, the foundation that everything, you know, grows from, yep. was almost a complete disaster. Could easily have it. And I'm really yeah. curious, at what point did they add on the Avengers stinger? Credit stinger. I'm not sure. Because... Well, at what point did they add Phil Coulson and S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. And and there's a part of me that wonders... Also, great world building without being obnoxious about yeah. it. We were kind of talking about this, how a lot of a lot of superhero movies... Um, look at the X-Men movies. Looking at, um, again, a lot of the DC movies. Where's that, where's Russell Crowe and the, the vampire skull and the hand from the creature from the Black Lagoon... Uh, and the book from the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies. I watched The Mummy. Don't watch The Mummy. That's all I'm saying. Um, Although, to be fair, I'd probably give that like a C, C minus, so I'm not quite as harsh yeah. about it as everyone else. It's just kind yeah. of blah. But, but, that's, but that's the thing is, a lot of... A, avoid at all costs. Sure. There are so many movies, like franchises, that like to set up a thing and be like, oh, this is something the fans like, so we're going to throw that in there, but then we're never going to use it. You I mean, Green Lantern? Yeah, well, sure, just the entirety of Green Lantern. No, um, but, but like, in the Spider-Man trilogy, we were talking about this with, um, the Kurt Connors is in the, the original Spider-Man trilogy. Um, there are some... The, Bert, the Burton Schumacher Batman movies, you have Harvey Dent as Billy D. Williams, and then you get to the third movie, and it's just, oh, I guess Tommy Lee Jones is two yeah. face now. Yeah, um, okay. And that's something, that you see that a lot, where they'll set up a thing, and they'll be like, oh, this, look, here's a character... Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies were specifically Amazing Spider-Man Two was just terrible at this, and of course it never actually well, got well, another even movie. the first one too because it's it's still got the guy with the trench coat and the hat. Yeah, he shows up, and they're just generally trying to set up the Sinister Six, and it's 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 all this stuff where they're like, oh, well here's here's some stuff we can throw in here, and when we put that name out there, the fans are gonna be like, oh man, look at that. Um, the Marvel Universe actually sets up characters and then uses them. They they set up Phil Coulson as a director of or not director of the show. He's agent just an agent of Shield. Um, and and then down the line they use him for a powerful character moment for all the rest of our characters. And this would have been great just with hindsight, being as it is. But I, I would have liked a couple of characters from Agents of Shield too. Have been yeah, agents if only. that go with him. Um, like if you had May and maybe maybe Ward before he goes nuts. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, no. spoilers for Agents of Shield. <laughs> Come on, if you are, if you haven't Literally watched it by the now, first you don't season care. of Agents of Shield. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's the worst season of television ever. Correct. And this is from a guy that watched all of Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Arrow's a weird show. <laughs> sure. But yeah, it's. <sighs> I don't know. It, it, it's, it amazes me, constantly amazes me how they'll, they'll actually use a character and they'll actually pay off. Because, like, it's, it's, again, it's very easy to put out something so that the fans are, are, are placated or whatever and be like, look, here's a name. That's a character you recognize. It's, it's in Civil War, or not Civil War, in Winter Soldier, they, they mention Stephen Strange. And a yeah. lot of the time, that would never go anywhere. You'd yeah. just be like, oh, they talked about Stephen Strange. Cool. And then it just moves on with their lives. And then they go and make a whole movie about Doctor Strange, though. Yeah. And that's not something you see a lot which is it's 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 very rewarding and it, it feels like they're actually earning these moments it's that this is what i what i described about civil war um the airport battle in civil war it feels like we earned that after setting up all of these characters and having all these characters have their own arc and having them work through 
their various things and like the it feels like we built this universe from the ground up and they got to that point which makes it so much more powerful than if it was something like in justice league not not really to bash on justice league but just the general fact that justice league no let's bash on sure. justice league it'll be but fun the general fact that justice league was like the fourth movie in the franchise i mean that's not even that far that much farther off from when the avengers came out yeah it, 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 but the, just the fact that you you got the feeling that with justice league they were very much let's get to the avengers as opposed to this where they take their time they build their 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 movies they have i mean you and i think we're going to see this as we work through phase one that I, it, I do get the idea that generally and, and especially this will apply to Incredible Hulk they weren't really sure if this was going to work in the slightest Yeah, like every movie they had to get just right because they had no idea if that was I mean not even just right but they had to, to get and, it, and if the movie's not just right Incredible Hulk they kind of discard most yeah. of it well even I'm even thinking Iron Man 2 they still survived that being like not well the weird thing about that is that's the movie that just has a whole bunch of connective tissue yeah so it's kind of we can't ignore most of it yeah yeah um I don't know it it, it feels like they they weren't confident that this would work which almost makes it work more because they they put more effort into it because they felt like they needed to put more effort into it as opposed to the DCU where it does feel like they thought oh we can just make this money or make this movie and we'll print money it'll be great right um yeah, I don't know. What do you think about the score? It's because good. because this is something that I, I've sort of hooked you on for, for you to keep track of as, as we go through all these movies. Uh, that uh, One thing I, I talk about a lot with the Marvel movies is just the scores and how forgettable I think a lot of them are and which ones I actually enjoy and like to stick with. Like the much of the music from the first Thor movie... Uh, this one in particular is very strong as well. Uh, I, I'm growing my, my uh, enjoyment of the Avengers theme itself is growing, especially with that Infinity War trailer, which is one of the best trailers I've ever seen. Uh, so I've kind of hooked you onto this, where you you're kind of watching for each score yeah. in these movies to see which ones you you attach yourself to. Yeah, I think Thor Ragnarok is probably the best one. And I, I'm saying this with, without watching any of the other ones recently, but Thor Ragnarok is a great score. That's fair. It's super. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get there. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's, it's the guy who did Game of Thrones. So yes. the and West Grove. And Clash of the Titans. And Clash of the Titans. Which, generic schlock movie, but go listen to that score. It's fantastic. <laughs> and that was the first one, right? Yes. The second one is called Wrath of the Titans. The Christ. Titans aren't even in the first one. Good. This movie's weird. <laughs> fun, fun fact, though. We should though, do them. The guy who... There's two of them. We should just do the two. We, no, no, we just do those two and we throw in Immortals, the Mickey Rourke, Henry Cavill movie. It's yeah. It's like, like a 300 ripoff, but it's, yeah. it's it involves re- releasing the Titans. It's just... <laughs> is that related? No, okay. it's by a completely different studio and production group. Fascinating. But... Yeah. Okay. It's weird. It's okay. Great. We 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 knew it. Continue. Uh, fun fact: the guy who directed Clash of the Titans directed The Incredible Hulk. Interesting. So yes, he is very adept at making very generic action movies <laughs> that everybody forgets in five minutes. I like The Incredible. We'll find out next week. <laughs> uh, do we have any other thoughts on this one? Overall, it's, it's particularly just... again. There's not a whole lot to, to digest here as far as it's a good movie. Everyone pretty much agrees it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, it, any it... movie that makes me like Gwyneth Paltrow, you're you're doing <laughs> something right. I guess we haven't talked a lot about their relationship. No. Well, it's we haven't talked a lot about a lot of movies. Well, but... it, well it's because their relationship that doesn't really go anywhere yeah. in this one. It's sort of just setting it's built, the foundation. It's built on a lot of nice moments. Yeah. That's that's probably the best way I could put it. The the entire sequence where she she gives him the the um old core. Yeah. And then that ends up saving his life at the end. That's that's excellent. Like cause Well also the bit where where you think they're gonna get together at the very end. Yep. And and he's like, oh, you know, if if I really were Iron Man, I'd have a girlfriend that was worried about me and was always worried that I was going to be in danger. Yeah. And she's like, 
Oh, you mean like the girl who you stood up and you left her yeah. alone with no one that one night? Yeah. And he's like, oh, that will be all, Miss Potts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I find their on-screen chemistry very, very strong. Yes, I think, it's, it's awesome. I think they are easily one of the best superhero couples in any superhero movie. They last well, it's just three fu- movies. Well, it's just funny. So. Compare it, like, compare it to Kirsten Dunst and Tobey Maguire in the Spider-Man movies, where it's just yeah. every, every scene is just cringe-inducing, and you just want them to get <laughs> off the screen. Whereas with these guys, I'm like, I would be okay with the whole romantic comedy starring Gwyneth well, Paltrow and Robert Downey Jr. Just, it's, it's, I'd be okay at, with that. Look at Amazing Spider-Man. The, the, can I get that movie, actually? Can, can we get, like, Mark Webb or somebody to do a romantic comedy just with Gwyneth Paltrow and Robert Downey yeah. Jr.? Uh, well, I was just going to say, with Amazing Spider-Man, like, that's a movie that a lot of people don't love. Uh, or that's a movie series that a lot of people don't love or outright hate. But the core of it with Andrew Garfield is, is a... I would say... I would say they're both pretty pretty great actors. I mean... Um, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yes, I, I, I wanted to say Emma Stone, but I was like, why do I feel like that's completely wrong? Uh, Emma Stone and whoever plays Gwen Stacy. No. <laughs> uh, Emma Toby St- McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the end scene of Amazing Spider-Man Two, but instead it's Toby McGuire crying over over his her body. How? It would be the most Toby to ever Toby. How embarrassing. <laughs> No, but but their chemistry is, is really great because they're they're really great act, actors. I don't really know why I brought that up, up that comparison at all because I thought I was going with something. Well, with that I think they, but that in, in terms of su- superhero relationships well, that are the strongest, I think those that's the only other one that can yeah, really compete because they're they're really good and they kind of carry the movies. If you do like those movies at all, oh, there's a reason you like. That's them. my argument. Yeah, that's why I don't hate Amazing Spider-Man too because they, those two are the thing that that needs to work for the whole movie to yes. be okay. As opposed to the original Spider-Man trilogy, where I don't really... I mean, I, I think they've done great... Or at least I know that Kirsten Dunst, a lot of people say she's done great things since those movies. Um, I'm not really sure what... She was great in Jumanji. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard that, that a lot of people do think she's gone on to do other great things. But at the time, I don't think she was that great of an actress. And I don't think Tobey Maguire is that great of an actor. And sometimes if you combine those two, you can still get good chemistry. But I think they had negative chemistry. <laughs> it just kind of made things even worse. It's like a, it's a black hole of chemistry. The rest of the movies, the rest of that original Spider-Man trilogy is kind of carrying their relationship as opposed to the other way around. Well, especially when you actually start to dissect it and their relationship is very toxic and yes. terrible. Yes. Because they're both not great people. Yes. And they're very manipulative yes. and awful <laughs> to, and awful to each other. It's something. As opposed to the Iron Man series where they do have great chemistry. So let's... <laughs> well, I, the best part is like they communicate. Yeah. Like it, when Pepper has a problem with Tony, she calls him out on it. Yep. It's not just oh, we're not telling each other things. and They're ugh. clearly not I always... I love how quickly <clears throat> she discovers he's Iron Man. That's... Yep. That, like, we're not going to deal with this BS of him trying to hide his identity. We just get it out of the way. And, and that leads into the ending, which is one of the greatest quote-unquote twist. I don't know if I would call it a twist ending, but just like, yep. I am Iron Man. Yep. Um, that is like a definitive... We're not like other superhero movies. Yes. Like, a definitive stand. And- I, I think that plays a lot into the fact that there's not a lot of there's not really any soap opera drama between Tony and and Pepper in these movies. It's a lot. I mean, you can tell they're not always on great terms. You can tell that sometimes they have tension, like a real relationship, where it's not because and Tony is it's not manufactured tension. It's oh, sometimes they just don't get a, like sometimes as, they just do things the other person doesn't like, and that's how relationships work. As Tony says in Civil War, in her defense, I'm a handful. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's just sometimes they just have problems because, like, that's, you know, people butt heads sometimes. Well, I, I like it even knowing, like, how the struggles they go through. I like how they set it up here where she's automatically just uncomfortable with him being Iron Man and just doing yes. that in general. She's like, I'll help you, I guess. I'm glad you're helping people finally, but I'm, I'm just not comfortable with this. Yeah. I, I like that. 
Ooh. And that that never really goes away. Some sure. junk. How many movies has she appeared? She appeared in because she's in all three Iron Man, Avengers one, Avengers, Homecoming, Spider Man Homecoming. I think that's it. Okay. Because she's not in Age of Ultron. Okay. She's not in Civil War. Yeah, I think that's right. it. Okay. Interesting. I'm excited to, to kind of track the, the progress, which is why I'm, I'm 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 curious how much we'll be able to resist doing at least a few more. Yeah. Um. There are 18 of them, by the way. <laughs> I said like 20. Uh Do we need to bring up Terrence Howard at all? Yeah, I was thinking about Does that. Does anybody bring up Terrence Howard anymore? He's fine. He's fine. I I just prefer Don Cheadle because I don't know how much of it is Terrence Howard. Yeah, acting versus the performance or whatever versus what you what, what he's think gonna... of him outside, like your overall yeah. perception of him. Yeah, but Don Cheadle, I buy more as just a military man. Yeah, like he feels a lot more by the book in I a agree. way that Terrence Howard just isn't. I think he sinks into the role a lot more than Terrence Howard does. Terrence and, and to be fair, Don Cheadle gets more movies to work with. Yeah, so he gets to develop the character, yeah. unlike Terrence Howard, who only gets the one shot. Yeah, but. He feels too laid back. Well, and he's but he's still supposed to be the establishing character, and so or this is still supposed to be the part where they establish the character. Yeah, and that works perfectly for Tony St- or uh, Robert Downey Jr. works perfectly for Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, eh, not so much for. Um, he is very clearly the weak link in terms of performances. I yeah, would say. and it's it's not again it's and not, it's not bad. Yeah. It's it's the fact that it's, everyone it's, else is knocking out of the park and he's just kind of it reminds there for the me ride. of Katie Holmes and Batman Begins, where I yeah. don't think she's bad, but when you're comparing it to like Liam Neeson, Christian Bale, yeah. Michael Caine, it's like okay, she she kind of sticks out a bit. Yeah, that's fair. Also, it's just like I said, hindsight. It's it's so amusing seeing him looking at the the silver suit and going next time, baby. <laughs> it's so I feel bad for him. And I, there's a whole thing where he has a bad beef with Rob Downey Jr. because he claims he helped get him hired, and I believe Terrence Howard actually got more money for it than Rob Downey Jr. Okay. or something like that. And then uh, when Terrence Howard demanded more money for the second one, no, like Rob Downey Jr. didn't back him up or anything. Who knows if any of this is accurate? Yeah, I I I haven't heard anyone else corroborate that. Yeah, so. He could just be making it up, but I don't know. I don't know. That's it's it's growing pains with the Marvel movies and this first set where it really is where they just it's a miracle that that this thing is still going strong stronger yeah. than ever these days because despite some there are so many hiccups yeah and that some, they course corrected pretty well on and some weird recasts and yeah. stuff um, and, and we'll talk about those as they come along but yeah this is the this well, is especially the, first, the next one it's just amazing that you go back here and this is already kind of <clears> a major change that they end up making that they they changed the actor of a major iron man supporting character yeah um in between movies and and of course we'll see that with the hulk and and so on and so forth and and the same goes for like some of the stuff that happened with with whedon and you know, like with John Favreau and how he hasn't really directed any since then. It's 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 all he's too busy doing those Disney remakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that each earn like a billion dollars, inexplicably. inexplicably. <laughs> um, do we have anything else we want to say? I think we've we've covered the the gist. Pretty good. Yep. So uh, it's pretty good. I'm gonna give it a B plus. I will also give it a B plus. Alrighty then. So that is the same grade for the last like. Oh wait, no, no, no. We 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 disagreed on Wonder Woman. Right. Okay. Cool. Aside from Wonder Combo Woman, Breaker. Aside from Wonder Woman, we've had the exact same grade since Rocky. Yeah. I think that has more to do the, with Rocky than the fact than with Iron Man. I think this just happens to be a coincidence for Iron Man. Yeah. It's it's if the the third act was stronger, if the villain didn't suddenly turn into a two dimensional cartoon. Yeah. It would it would definitely be in the A range, but I just feel like that. Which is interesting because I feel like mine is a stronger plus than yours is. Like, I get the feeling that I those problems don't bother me nearly as much as as, as they do you. But we still come to the same conclusion that it's not quite. That happens too often where we just yeah. we come at it from the same perspective <laughs> and then our grades are eerily similar. Yeah. yeah. No. But hey, it ain't no Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales, am I right? Sucks. <laughs>
God. I can't believe we did those. What did I give that? D minus. Should have been F. Should have got Oscar. All right. So next week, doing The Incredible Hulk. It'll be interesting. I've not seen this movie in a very long time. And I've seen this movie often enough to know generally how I feel about it. But I think I like it more than most people. Up to a certain point. Okay. That's all I got. Do the thing. Alright, so you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. Uh, tweet us at HCTSequels. Um, we do have a YouTube where if you, you're going to have to search Here Come the Sequels, but apparently we've got some comments on there, some of the first feedback we have received on this podcast. So We've got a single comment. That's that's how they all you start. Know, the best part is whenever eventually I get to uploading the Iron Man YouTube video, because I'm like far back in our catalog. So when I get up to this point and we're referencing this first hey, comment... Hey. How do you it think... will, it, saying that now it will be our only comment that way all of this <laughs> will still stand how do you think PewDiePie and iDubbbz and Steve Jobs got started you know it's just one comment that's all it takes <laughs> Kanye <laughs> Walt Disney <laughs> Canada Can how do you think Canada got started stay rogue everybody <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> <laughs>